Welcome to the Triad House Hunting Podcast. Hey guys, it's Ramon Lomelli. I'm a licensed realtor here in the Triad. I'm not here to help you become a millionaire real estate investor. I'm just trying to help you buy your next home, maybe even your first. I'll share stories with you of some of my former clients, let you hear from the people you might meet throughout the process, and even some funny moments. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's get hunting. Now, Triad House Hunting with Ramon Lomelli. Hey guys, thanks for uh, joining us for another episode of the Triad House Hunting Podcast. I'm here with uh, Debbie and uh, her daughter's in the room too. Uh, she sent me a text earlier, so I gave her a call. She's uh, started to um, start the home buying process, and I figure, why not interview someone at the beginning of the process as opposed to someone all the way at the end? Debbie, you want to get started? Just where you're from and uh, you know a little bit about yourself, non-real estate related, just so we get to know you. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, so I'm Debbie. I'm actually from Moxville. Yeah, we went lived, to Davie County High, huh? Yeah, lived here my whole life. Go War Eagles. Yeah, um, 28 years old. Awesome. Yeah, I actually just turned 28. Do you feel old yet or? Kind of. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I just turned 30 and I'm like, man, <laughs> life is flying by, so you got to get things done, mm-hmm. which uh, leads us, that's a good segue into home buying, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so what do you know, we talked a little bit about this before, and I kind of wish, I almost wish we didn't talk about it now, <laughs> but um, what do you um, know about buying a home? Let me, you know. Let me know what you know now, and then I'll kind of try to guide you through it, and I'll interject, and we'll have a, I guess we could start the conversation there. Okay. Um, I actually just getting started yeah. with it, so I don't awesome. know a whole lot. I just know that there's... So how do you, how do you start? How do you, when you say you're getting started, what do you mean? Like, I've been looking online okay. at listings what pretty website? much. Anyone that comes up, I think Trulia. Trulia comes up a lot. Has been one that comes yeah. up a lot, um, which most of them show pretty much the same things over mm-hmm. and over. And I've been looking just around the Moxville area. Yeah, one of the things you'll see is that public websites like Trulia and Zillow will have a lot of uh, information on them. A lot of information on there is also not accurate, just because. Um, uh, they take a while to update. They're not connected directly through the uh, MLS of the local realtor. So um, definitely, before you get your hopes up, when you're looking at uh, something on those public websites, uh, definitely check with the realtor and uh, make sure that uh, it is actually the case. So what okay. did you find on Trulia? Um, well, I was trying to look for more of like the stick-built yeah. Houses around here, not manufactured. As opposed to like a manufactured, right? Yeah. Right? Or like a condo or a, or a duplex or a, um, a townhouse. You know, yeah. You want, you want some land since you're a Davie County girl? Or yeah, what are you well, thinking? I want a little bit. I just want a, a decent sized yard for Amaya to be able to run around and play in. How much do you know acreage? How much do you think is decent? Well, I've been thinking about it and I've always wanted at least like two acres. You know you got to mow it, right? That's exactly what I was about to say. I've been thinking about it a lot more, and with me, it's just being me and her. Yeah. That's a lot of work, so I'm good now with something that's even less than an acre. Yeah, like a typical subdivision, well, you know, there's really no such thing as a typical subdivision, but most subdivision, I would say, in in larger cities probably have anywhere from like 0.15 to 0.30 of an Mm -hmm. acre. Yeah. Um, Around here, um, a lot of homes have like 0.4, like almost half an acre to like almost a full acre. That's what you'll see typically in more the more rural outside of um, subdivision homes. So um, I bought, when I bought my home, it has almost a full acre. And I didn't really think about mowing. I was like, yeah, (laughs) land, awesome. And then (laughs) summer came, spring came around. I'm like, now I'm 
pushing the lawnmower all all uh, all summer long. But yeah, it's a uh, pretty exciting. Uh, so you only went to Trulia? Well, just whatever came up, I would just go to Google and type in like houses for yeah. sale in Moxville. And how long ago did you start this process? I've been looking off and on for probably a couple months. Not like real serious, just yeah. kind of looking at what's, what's out there. What's out there, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I just remember another thing about those online websites is that they'll give you like an estimated payment, which is normally way off because they're only giving you the principal and the interest but uh there's usually principal interest taxes insurance and then usually mortgage insurance premium yeah. as well so there's a lot of things that um that you don't really think about that are included in the payment that those things don't include so um and so how after you look online how do you picture the process going you just call somebody and well that's why i texted you there you go <laughs> good good call yeah because i know you know a lot more about it um, we've known each other for a while, so, um, just trying to get more information. I know you, we would go out and look at a place and then I'd have to try to see what I would qualify for. Right. And I don't know about a lot more after that. Yeah. Really. Well, that's, that's why, that's why, that's where I come in, I should say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you have a pretty good understanding. So, you know, usually most people like, I think they, it was like 98, a vast majority of people start their searches online nowadays. It's like a no-brainer. Anyone can pop open their computer and just start Googling homes or Zillow or Trulia. They have advertisement everywhere. So that's where 99% of people start, you know. Um, and then from there, you either shop for an agent or a lot of people will go through those ads to find a, a realtor. Uh, from there, which is like the next step, this is where you're at, um, we got to get you in front of a lender usually. And, and that would mean that uh, you either go to a lender that you know and trust, maybe someone that recommends, or I could recommend someone for you, and see what your options are. Yeah. Do you know about uh, of any loans or anything? The only thing, um, which I had told you a little bit, I was looking online, because I know I bank with state employees, and mm -hmm. they're normally good about loans, yeah. and I know they offer the first-time home buyers program. Right, right, and credit unions are, are, are very well, they, they usually will take people with lower credit score so if, if you feel like that's an issue then i would definitely gear you towards or um, you know steer you towards something like that the only negative thing i can say they i've done a lot of deals with credit unions uh, the only negative thing i could say is that they most of their interest rates are adjustable not fixed and when people hear adjustable they kind of take a step back and you know it it, it it um it can go up it can go down and just people like to um have a fixed rate as opposed to an adjustable rate but definitely check it out it is an option they have a lot of um down payment assistance they have a lot of lower interest rate uh or rather lower credit score um criteria so a lot more people can get a credit union but of course you have to be a member yeah of a credit union so and not everyone is so there's that so um loans wise there's um in this area, there's a very popular loan called the USDA loan. I think I talked about it a little bit on the uh, last podcast. And basically, all that means is that it's a loan specifically for uh, areas that are more rural than, than anything. And it's 100% finance. So instead of putting 5% down, 3.5% down on the loan, you really just have 0% down. All you have to worry about is the closing cost. Yeah. In this market around here, uh, most sellers, I would say, are used to having to pay at least some kind of closing cost, whether that be a portion or, you know, so we try to get as much as possible, but obviously that would affect how much they're willing to come off of their purchase price. So, you know, you got to 
weigh out how much you want to lower the purchase price versus how much you want the um, the closing costs not to come out of your pocket. So there's that as well. So after you get your loan, we go and we look at houses. Yeah. Right. So when you tell me, uh, hey Ramon, this is this is the one. Let's pull the trigger. Um, we will uh, do some paperwork, and that's usually a little bit time consuming, but there's a lot of details in it. But uh, we put a lot of thought into strategies as far as you know, making sure that the home is priced where it needs to be. Um, and obviously we try to get it a little lower if we can. Um, we try to ask for some closing costs, maybe uh, a home warranty. I'm a big fan of home warranties. Um, and basically what that means is that when you first get a house, you don't know, especially if it's a pre-built, which most homes are, um, home, um, you never know how well they took care of their HVAC system or the stove or the water heater. Yeah. So basically the home warranty would cover all the appliances and a lot of, depending on what level of home warranty you get, it would cover a certain amount of things um, for a year. That's so, good. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, does that make sense so far? Yeah. I feel like I'm talking way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel well. well it's know. a lot of good information. There though. you go. Yeah, there you go. Some, information I need. There you go. That's good. And hopefully some other people need it too. So we'll go, we look at the house, make an offer, try to, you know, negotiate a good deal for you. And that's the part that um, I feel like uh, when you watch the, the HGTV shows, which I used to love, that's actually the reason I'm in real estate, I used to love oh, those really? shows. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love those. It just looks so simple. You just show up with a fancy suit, some sunglasses, yeah. and you're like, sold. And uh, it's definitely not even remotely close to what it actually <laughs> ends up being in real life. But... Um, yeah, where was I going with that? I have I have no idea. I lost I it completely. Know. See, that's what happens. I just get to talking. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not like you see in the in the shows. It's definitely a lot more um, a lot more paperwork. It's, you know, they condense everything into a thirty minute show. So I guess they kind of have to just show the uh, the fun parts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll go. We'll look at homes. We'll write write an offer on the one you want. We'll try to get uh, not only the the price of the home to your liking, but also the terms. Like if you need to like, well, I'll have enough for closing costs on later than, sooner than later, or you know, we'll try to close when it's convenient for you. We'll try to make the inspection period longer so that it benefits you. Um, and uh, repairs, repairs may come up. So, yeah. so we get a home inspector and the home inspector will come out and say, uh, and they'll spend quite a couple hours at the house. And I recommend that my buyers come to the home inspections. I'm actually trying to schedule the home inspector that I usually use now for a uh, for an interview like this. Hopefully, oh, he'll really? do more talking. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. he'll do more talking than I'm. <laughs> and I don't have to do as much. <laughs> Good thing I had this uh, Red Bull, though. It's definitely it's definitely uh, helping out now. But <laughs> the home inspection comes. So, so, you know, we go to a house. We don't know what we're getting into. So, we need someone to check it out. And... Um, the home inspector will come in and, and check everything, turn on all the appliances, get on the roof, on the crawl space, turn on the air conditioner, and uh, if there's anything that he sees that needs to be addressed, then we'll definitely, um, um, you know, address that with the seller. You know, you would basically say, Mr. Seller, we were going to buy this house, but it turns out the water heater doesn't work. There's no hot water. Um, so at that point, you can choose to, the seller would be willing to maybe replace the water heater. It's basically going back to negotiation. Sometimes they say, listen, I can't do anything. You take the house like it is or not. And, you know, we don't like that. So yeah. we have a choice to back out. If we do it before your, what's known as the um, due diligence period, 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I'm boring you, just stop me. Or if you need me to explain <laughs> anything further, please stop me because I feel like that'd be great for someone that's trying to learn. Okay. Um, so anyway, if we um, if we um, if they find that the water here is not working, we tell the seller they're not willing to fix it. Then we can say, hey, you know what? We're gonna cut our losses and, and run, and basically uh, back out and get our deposit back. So there's always that that we can do. Does it happen a lot more often than not that there is actually things wrong with the houses? Great question. That's a there you go. That's a that's a really <laughs> good question to have. I would say nine out of ten homes there's a repair request. So it's definitely something that's more common than not. Okay. Because you're you're getting a used home, you know, and and as much as many hours as we spend in any home. You're never gonna like get under the house or you know sometimes the the three of the four elements work on the stove but that last one doesn't or it doesn't have an anti-tilt bracket um things you don't even notice they'll go and literally check every outlet to make sure that they all have power and they're bound to find it's it's pretty intense and i like for the purchaser to come because number one we can confront any issues there and you can see exactly what he's talking about so if the water heater doesn't work uh, we have a chance to uh, tell the seller, hey, uh, I need you to fix this. They can say yes, no, or how about I do this instead. They might drop the price. They might um, offer you some money instead. But, mm-hmm. you know, usually we want you to get into a home that's moving ready, you know, and that's you're going to you don't want to move into a house with a checklist, with a to do list. Yeah. Let's start moving and everything. Are the sellers normally pretty easy to work with, like willing to help with anything that you find yeah in my experience the list agent actually will prepare them for that fact a lot of times they know you know you never know what they know what they don't know some things are kind of obvious a broken window obvious you know a stove that doesn't work obvious a plug that doesn't work that they've never used in the guest bedroom that no one's been in maybe not so obvious right so but uh, they do prepare them for that and some actually do home inspections before Hmm. so that's kind of one of those things people debate about whether you should or shouldn't. Um, I definitely think that if you're selling a house, it'd be wise to know what you're getting into. So, so yeah, so anyway, the, um, the uh, home inspection goes through. Um, we, we, we request to get some repairs done, and that's usually, uh, that's usually well taken. Um, not, all, not always, but some, more often than not. You know, they want to sell a house, and handyman type stuff is usually not that expensive. We're talking, you know, usually under $1,000 for things here and there. Now, if it's a brand new HVAC unit, then you're talking about something that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. And that's, again, where a home warranty would come in, where those are so crucial to have. Yeah. So there's always that. Um, so after that, well, I should say, typically we want the home appraised before we go out to the home inspection. In some cases, you want it to be inspected first if you're worried about something before the appraisal comes out because these are fees that you're going to pay either before or at closing. And uh, my job is to protect you. So if I know something is, I'm getting kind of complicated. I'm sorry, but if I know something's an issue with the with the property, yeah, then I want to make sure that that issue is looked at by a professional home inspector before I send the appraiser because the appraiser is going to cost you money. So it, I'd rather charge you if the home inspector finds that it's uh, something that's catastrophic. Then we don't want to buy a house. Then why send the appraiser out? Right. So we want to minimize your risk as far as you know. Uh, as far as uh, money-wise. And uh, so that's something that I strategize before we you know, even put the offer on the house. However, in most cases, I want it appraised because I want to make sure that the value is there before we send the home inspector out. If, if it does appraise, and by the way, appraising means that it's worth what we're paying for it. Okay. Um, and I've actually had a string of a few 
this year that didn't appraise, which was kind of surprising. I'll normally have one or two a year, and it's always like a shock. Wow. But I've had three, and it, a big reason is that um, there's more, it seems that there's more buyers in this area than there are homes to buy. Okay. So when a home hits the market, people know that, so it's already a little bit more expensive than it should be, and then people get a little crazy and they don't want to get beat out, so they go even a little bit higher. Because what's 10 more grand on a 30-year loan? You know, people get crazy. Yeah. And then the appraiser says, you know, hold your horses, guys. It's actually only worth this much. The bank's never going to lend you more than a property is worth because in case of default, they're not going to be stuck with something that's not worth what they are paying for it, basically. Yeah. And so after a house is appraised, mm -hmm. if it doesn't meet the value that is being asked for it, does that change things for the seller? Changes things for for everybody. Uh, that's a great question. Once again, um, yeah. So basically, what happens is it's just you know throwing out some square numbers, some some easy to work with numbers. If we're buying a home for one hundred fifty thousand, and they listed it for one hundred sixty, we go in, we get it down to one hundred fifty. The appraiser comes says comes by and says, "Hey guys, it's only worth one hundred forty." So what happens then? There's one of basically three things that can happen. Seller drops the price to 140, which is obviously the what happens more more often. Um, or the um, the deal falls through, or the buyer comes up with the extra 10k, which okay. in, which personally I've never done. I know that's very common in bigger metropolitan uh, markets where they kind of know that it's not going to appraise up front, but they know that there's willing people that are willing to put more money down in order to get the house. So they have a lot of cash reserves, so people will actually do that. In this market, that's not very common. I was about to say, that probably doesn't happen a lot around here. No, especially Davie County, yeah. And so basically, the and the reason the seller would drop the price is because there, if there's, there's certain kind of loans that are very common. The big three are FHA, or the big four, I should say, are FHA, which is um, low money down. Then there's conventional. Then there's uh, VA which for veterans, and then there's a USDA, which is for rural areas. So, like, for instance, if the FHA appraiser says that the home is only worth 140 well, that states on, on basically in the records, it's everyone that, that gets a loan is going to know that that home appraised for that much money if they go with an FHA loan. So, in other words, that's kind of complicated, but basically all I'm saying is that if it didn't appraise for you, it's not going to appraise for the next guy. Right. So why would they take a chance at not, not selling it to you? Now, those appraisals do run out. They have a life of either six months or a year, depending on what kind of loan. But they, they have an option. You, know, you can't force them to sell it. So they can either sell it to you for what it's, the appraiser says it's worth, or they can wait until that time runs out and tries to sell it again. And in six months or a year, the market hasn't moved that much. So especially in a David County where there's yeah. not that many sales. So more than likely, nine times out of ten, in my case, a hundred percent of the time, the sellers have dropped the price in those cases. Yeah. Um, it's been rough, but uh, I've had to. We've had to lose some closing costs. They were going to pay like four thousand in closing costs. Now they're only going to pay three or twenty five hundred. They won't give us a home warranty. They won't fix that thing they said they were going to fix. Yeah, I could see how that would reduce what they're willing to do because exactly. they're losing. Well, not. They're not getting as much as they thought they were going exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. And that may very well have been part of their game plan from up front because a lot of people gamble the dice and say, let's hope we get an appraiser that's, that defines uh, <laughs> kindly to what we're looking at. And uh, maybe it'll appraise for more. But if it doesn't, then we know what we need to do. So a good, a good selling agent would tell their, buy, their seller, um, you know, it may not appraise at this price. Be prepared. 
Okay. So. So, like, if they appraise it and they appraise it for a lot more than what they're asking, do then I get sellers a cut of that. normally try to you split that? You split that with me. No, I'm just kidding. No, they don't. They're locked in. Okay. In North Carolina, though, well, I think all over the country, the contract is really made to favor the buyer. It really... It really favors a buyer. The seller is literally locked in. If they don't perform, if they don't sell you the house, then you can sue them for performance. Okay. However, the buyer, it's it's almost unfair because the buyer can just say, toodaloo, I'm just kidding, I don't want to buy your house. And you can get your deposit back. You'll have to pay the, the home inspection. Yeah. You'll have to pay the appraisal. But you can basically, other than that, you can basically walk away. Wow. Um, so it's it stinks for the sellers. Um, a lot of times they'll ask, I would say nine out of 10 times they will ask for a due diligence fee. Have you ever heard of that? So now you've mentioned due diligence a couple of times. Oh, sorry. What exactly does Good that question. See, that's of? why I need you. Due diligence <laughs> is basically what it sounds like. It's do, you doing your due diligence, you doing your homework, you doing your research on the property before you purchase it. Okay. And so there's a typical... I say typical, but I hate to use that word. Uh, right now, I try to write my contracts with at least 30 days of due diligence. Uh, formerly, or commonly known as an inspection period. A lot of people call okay. it the inspection period. It's a little simpler to think about it that way. And basically, all that means is that during those 30 days, and this is negotiable too. I will ask for 30 days. It'll ask for 15. We'll go back, settle in three weeks. I, try, I really try hard to get 30 days, push hard because... Everyone is so busy. There's so many homes that are selling right now that um, the appraisers are backed up, the home inspectors are backed up, the attorneys are backed up. So you really need at least 30 days to get the process done. Lenders are backed up. So if you get set on like a due diligence period, you're pretty much locked in, right? Well, not locked in. The sell. I mean, like the seller wise, they're locked in. They can't start the process with anybody else during that period? Right. Okay. The home on MLS will actually go into a pending period, or a due, rather, due diligence period, sorry. Okay. And all that means is that no one can basically go see, unless they're accepting backups, which is a whole nother world um, that doesn't happen around here too much, but it goes into a um, due diligence period, and uh, basically no everyone knows that they can't go see the house, and yeah. it's it's basically... Sold unless the buyer backs out. Now, the buyer may back out because of they don't want the house anymore. They found something better. Something, plans changed. Maybe something goes wrong during inspection. Something goes, that was the last one I was going to come up to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something goes wrong during inspections. And whenever you see a home hit the market again, question marks always go up. Because, you know, I'll usually have a buyer that calls with, hey, that house hit the market again. And I'll be like, what's wrong with it? Before we go out there, <laughs> let me make some calls because maybe the foundation's cracked and it's going to fall over tomorrow. Or, yeah. you know, maybe the HVAC doesn't work. Or maybe it's just that the buyers found something better or the buyers, you know, they maybe they went off and got a boat and now their credit is, is no longer what it was, so they can no longer get a loan. So, mm. which happens, believe it or not. Um, so, yeah, we covered the home inspection. We covered the appraisal. We covered the due diligence. Almost everything on the contract is negotiable. Um, monies, deposits, due diligence, fee and um uh, dates dates as well because if we're coming up on 30 days of the due diligence period period and the appraisal is not back yet because they're backed up or in this case in in our case it could very well be that the usda underwriter because it has to go through two underwritings 
um, because um, USDA has to approve it, then your bank has to approve it. Okay. Um, if we were to go with that loan, um, that could delay the process. So we want to, um, we may need to extend our inspection period, our due diligence period. Yeah. And so there's a form for that. And um, sometimes the sellers will say, well, give me $100 and I'll extend it for three days. Most of the time they'll be like, okay, you know, give me a letter from your lender saying everything else is okay. And I will happily extend it for five days or six days. Okay. So there's that. Um, and after that long and arduous, horrible <laughs> process, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's really not that simple because everything is timed out over 30 to, 30 to 45 days. So it's like, what's next? What's the next step? It's like we're taking one step at a time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very accessible. You can always call me, text me, email me, and I can explain everything that's going on. And I, I do a pretty good job of once or twice a week, I take an hour and just call everybody and say, Mr. 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 and Mrs. Buyer, this is where we're at. This is what we're waiting on. This is what we need from you. And the next step is this. You know, call me if you have any questions. Okay. So as far as like lining up the inspection, the appraisal, oh, that's, that's all your job? Everything except for the appraisal. Um, okay. So the appraisal, I don't do that because maybe I have a buddy that is an appraiser and I'm like, hey man, cut that, cut that price You said half. the lender, the lender sends does. the appraisal. Yeah, they right? send it. Uh, but they don't actually get to pick it. I believe they, they have to like put it in a pool and it gets selected at random. Or they have to pick like one out of three okay. appraisers. And they basically, they just don't want us to play favorites with the appraisers. Yeah. Although most people know the, the ten appraisers in this area or whatever. You know, the, you've been in this industry for a while, so you get to know the players. But they really don't want you to um, to uh, know them so that... You can't have any sway in their judgment, yeah. whether up or down. So, and that's why we can't pick appraisers. Yeah. Make it so, fair. Yeah, that way they're they're a third party. They don't work for the seller. They technically don't really work for you because you didn't hire them. The lender hired them. True. Although you are the one that's going to pay them. So, yeah. <laughs> and if we get enough closing cost, technically it's the seller that paid them. How long does the process normally take? Like. For when you find a house you want until you can move in. The day the contract is accepted, it's usually 30 to 45 days. Right now, it's taking at least 45 days. Okay. Summer, we're going into the summer. This is where the market gets really hot. And that's uh, so a lot of movement. And um, we go to the attorney's office to close it. And, of course, the attorney has already checked to make sure there's no liens on the property. You get title insurance. And now, as far as, like, the attorney, is mm -hmm. that lined up by you also? Yep. Mm -hmm. I was looking at... I had seen a house that I kind of liked that I found online, and I've noticed recently, actually, it said the price was dropped mm -hmm. the last time I looked at it, and I I'm noticed that it's just dropped again. When the price keeps dropping like that on a specific house, mm -hmm. what does that normally mean? Probably what you imagine. It means that it wasn't priced right to begin with, or that something was discovered, um, or that it appraised really low or something, and the buyers didn't want to get it. Um, it can mean many things. The closing is, is a little bit long. There's a lot of information. Usually you've heard most of it outside of closing already. They're just kind of verifying everything. And, you know, it's notarized. It's recorded. Davie County actually is one of the only counties that doesn't have, like, a, what they call e-record. -re -e so you actually physically have to drive to the courthouse like you used to in, like, 1940. Yeah. Um, but uh, every other county around here, I don't know how this is nationwide, but uh, as far as uh, in our MLS... Every other county, even Surrey County, um, will actually e-record. So you just type it in and they wow. official everything online. But Davie County, nope, you got to get you in your car, drive down 40, and uh, 
get to the uh, get to the courthouse before they close and sign it in person. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And they stamp it, and, and you don't actually go yourself. It's actually the attorney that does all that for you. Okay. Sign the deed there, and they just have to take it over there to get notarized and stamped. I do have one kind of concern. I just graduated college, mm -hmm. and I'm I've been kind of worried about how that's going to affect me because with my student loans, I don't know how that's going to tie in with so, the yeah. loan process. Yeah, it's a great question. Debt to income is what they're going to look at. So, and, and don't give me specific numbers, but um, they're going to look at you're making this much and your debts are this, this, and this. So, yeah. how much can you afford? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that have a regular job can afford a lot of house if they don't have a lot of bills or a lot of debt. You make it seem less scary. Good. I think the more scary thought is just it's buying a house. It's a big commitment. It's a huge commitment. It is a huge commitment, but I feel like, you know... I'm at a place in my life where I'm just ready to yeah yeah buy and it's not stop just throwing money away with paying rent exactly and have my own place for me and her that's that's beautiful so yeah a lot of people one of the biggest objections I get is people saying people uh, telling me that um, they don't want to buy a house because they're not planning on staying here forever and it's not a forever commitment most people stay in their home five to eight years the numbers change based on what website you look at but Five to eight years is not forever. Um, you can actually, I've had people, I've only been doing this for five years uh, in September, and so people will actually have sold people's homes twice uh, you wow. know, in this five years. So it, yeah. it, it doesn't take, uh, you know, as long as you got a decent price on it and you can resell it and still make some money enough to move to your next house, it's not a permanent thing and it's not as hard to um, to do. So it's... It's looked at, I think, in media as like a big, like you buy a house when you're married or, or when you're securing your finances, which is smart, obviously, but yeah. uh, uh, it's not that big of a step. I, I see it every day, so it's easy for me to say, I'm sure, but um, it's easier than most what most people would expect, I would say. Yeah, and I feel like I've kind of waited because, like you said, the way you see it, you, when you're married, and I've always been like, oh, I want to buy my first house with my husband yeah. and i've just kind of it's been me and her and you're gonna get you the house first and yeah. then the husband yeah so just do a little out of order it's 2017 <laughs> we don't have to go by that narrative anymore yeah um, which i'm finished with school and i have a decent job that i've been at for over two years now so i feel like yeah financial financially wise pretty I'm stable more right stable yeah, yeah that's good and at a better place ready to settle ready down to do more. something yeah yeah what part of davie county well uh, just very generic. I don't want people, I don't want you to get stalker <laughs> here, but uh, yeah. my hundred listeners. <laughs> I really, as far as like where I want to go, is that what you're going to say? Uh, like just generally, you want to stay on, on this side of Davie County, towards really, Yakinville or? I really don't. It doesn't matter to me. I think more towards like the center than like the Salisbury end of Davie County, more yeah. towards like the center I like up towards the Yakinville area, too, because it's a little more country up there. Yeah. Um, but there's no signal out there. That's my biggest yeah. pet peeve. There's no <laughs> signal. My GPS won't even work half the time. I show a lot of houses out that way, like Cana and Courtney, Huntsville, um, Angel Road, yeah. um, all that area. I'm, I'm down there once or twice a month, and I'm always like, 
Man, I hope I'm glad I know this area because I actually lived in Yakinville mm -hmm. uh, when I first moved from California. Uh, so I know the 601 corridor there pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, next time we'll hear from you will be when you close on your house. We'll do an episode two. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> cool. So for now, let's just get uh, let's get started, and uh, I hope you guys learned something today. I know I learned a lot. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm glad at least I helped you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. That was uh, today's episode of the Triad House Hunting Podcast. As always, please remember to subscribe and leave a review, leave a comment, uh, let me know how I'm doing, things you'd uh, like to see on the show, or uh, just say hello. Feel free to email me at triadhousehuntingpodcast at gmail.com. That's triadhousehuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Or uh, you can always shoot me a text, give me a call, 336-909-1492. Thank you. This is Triad House Hunting with Ramon Lamelli.